Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? Hey, it's me, Egbert. E-G-G-B-U-R-T. Check out my website at egbert.com. Now it's back to those two dudes who told me they would bring in big ratings. They better are their history. Here are Brad and John. We've got to have a talk with Egbert about that, man. He keeps putting the pressure on John. What are we going to do? Come on. We, that's where you separate the wheat from the shaft. You have to perform under pressure, Brad. So, so you're telling me uh, we can't be the Travis Kelseys of the world? We have to be stronger than that? We have to, you know. We have to. We can't just we can't lose. completely lose impulse control. <laughs> we can't, uh, you know, just have a, a tantrum on the sidelines because we know that the cameras are following us and we're acting out none of that uh, okay so if i'm not mistaken uh we'll get into uh, john's top three in a minute here well i tell you what let's go ahead and we'll go right into it uh because we've got things we've got to talk about and i have to have a clarification from john not that he was wrong he's always right but i just can't remember what he said about the stuff with the missouri <laughs> legislature how's that for having a compliment so that's great once again we've got our guy and he's come back from the dead to help us out and here they are and here is in third place we're going to start far away brad in washington dc and then we're going to get close to you close to your heart and we're going to invoke someone brad from your past in the number one story the number three story is from washington dc and it comes to us from fox news it's the top link on my website today and senator eric schmidt is pointing out the divergence between older Maybe we'll call them young at heart senators who voted to ship foreign aid to Ukraine and and send money internationally before fixing our Mexico border. So Eric Schmidt is specifically calling out older Republican senators versus the fact that the younger crop of GOP senators voted against sending a lot of foreign aid internationally without fixing the U.S. border. Now, which crop is he in? He is in the younger one. Senator well, Schmidt is in the younger one. He's still in his 40s. No, he's not, is he? Are you yeah, sure? Uh, Senator Schmidt is 47 or 48. He might be He might be pushing 49. Let's look it up, Brad. Yeah, well, he's. I, he's, I would not call him a younger senator. I mean, to me, a younger senator would be somebody like, what's the, what's the minimum? Like, president, you have to be 35. What's 35. Uh, what's to the be minimum? a senator, I want to say 30, maybe. No, Eric's 48 years old. 48 years old. He's not. He's not young. He's old. But you put him next to uh, Mitt Romney, put him next to a Mitch McConnell, put him next to somebody having a stroke on national television. Ask anyone on TikTok how, you know, if, if, if uh, Senator <laughs> Schmidt is, is a young or an old guy, and they'll say, he's an old guy. That's a fair point. But, you know, this is an interesting meme and uh, an interesting concept, I think. And, it, and it's illustrative of the fact, and, and Senator Schmidt's quote, and I'm going to get, I won't get this verbatim correct, but he's something to the effect of, Change is happening, but it's not. Here's what he says. 15 out of 17 elected since 2018 voted no. Things are changing, just not fast enough. Oh, so he's, he's referencing a youth movement to which he is a significant part. I would 
<laughs> I would not consider. Well, I guess I guess that tells you a lot about our elected officials. If he's 48, he's considered himself in the youth movement. You know what I mean? I mean yeah, like- absolutely. Well, uh, but but think, Brad, if you were to go to certain establishments in different parts of Franklin County or West St. Louis County or what's that a cowboy bar off of Manchester that you told me about? <laughs> Stovall's. You've never been there yeah, before. Yeah, I mean, you would go there. They'd be like, who's this strapping young man? What's your name? <laughs> what's your name, son? Brad? There are a lot of young people that, I mean, literally young people that, what's interesting is there are people that go to Stovall's just for the experience because it's like nothing else in the St. Louis area. It's sort of like, it's sort of like, you've been to Fl- Fast Eddie's in Alton, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, what, a, it's a favorite establishment. Once you go I haven't there. I have been there in years, but well, yes. But you go there and it's like, Okay, it's an old crappy old bar, you know. I mean, like, I I don't get it. You know what I mean? It's one of these things. Yeah, that is massively expanded. Right. Well, it's ju- it's just one of the experiences of going there, right? I guess. I mean, it, to me, the first time I went there, it's like okay. And then here's the other thing. Okay, I'll tell that story later. I'll tell my Alton story later of how of how I I I realized that they're not making money on the food. You know what I mean? I, that kind of oh, thing. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, so okay, that was number 3. That was number 3. And up a notch. I think oh, that's that's Casey's job. Hold <laughs> on a minute. Up a notch to number 2. Number 2. From the other side of the state, KCUR, the NPR affiliate in Kansas City has a really uplifting set of book recommendations, Brad. Now you say John book recommendations aren't political. Well, the show is hosted by a gentleman named Steve Kraske, who is a venerated veteran Missouri reporter. And these books are, I would say, a little political. Here are the Valentine's Day book recommendations. One of them celebrates, quote, fat gal representation done well. Brad, we don't need to be sizest. Yesterday I made a reference to airline seatbelt extenders. I certainly don't want to be sizest. So you can read these KCUR book recommendations, see some positive fat gal representation. Now, you said fat. There's also oh. promoted by KCUR oh. a male male fantasy romance novela, okay, which hold, I believe hold. is Mexican for novel. Hold on a minute. A Got queer it. representation with a natural POC, that's person of color rep. And I think the most uplifting story is a story about a humanoid that identifies as asexual. And it is categorized in the gay romance segment, but it features an asexual. So I guess you have to read the book to figure out how an asexual can actually be considered a gay romance. Okay, let me go back a minute. You said fat gal is in fat women. That's what you're saying? Yeah, it said, well, this, and this is the quote. These are KCUR's words, not mine. Fat gal representation done well. Now, those are known, by the way, in the community, Brad, as BBW. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's been a long day. There's the BBW models and things like that. The one lady, who is the one lady? She's very, very famous. Um, she did the uh, one of my all-time favorite commercials, which was essentially hijacked, which is actually sort of funny. Um, what's her name? Um, Lizzo. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Um, and there's there's several other uh, BBW models who do quite well for themselves. And, and well, good for them. But, okay, but here's, here's what I I don't understand. Okay, KCUR. 
Another University of Missouri station, you know, owned by the Board of Curators, University of Missouri, that claims they're listener-supported when they're really not. Listeners who are conned into sending them money. Did I say that? Conned into, yeah, send- they yeah. conned into sending them money. The station will totally go off the air if you don't send your $25. Yeah, and that's BS because of the fact that their budget comes out of the University of Missouri. The University of Missouri owns the licenses, owns the equipment, you know, pays the electric bill, stuff like that. Okay. I don't understand this minority thing where everything is like, and I get that there are people out there who are whatever, you know, flavor you want as far as sexuality is concerned, but that's like a minority of people. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I do know. And, 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 you know, they would make the argument that, well, if you don't have taxpayers funding this, then the private sector would never give the appropriate amount of attention to our tiny sliver of the population. Once again, let's go back in history. Let's go back 40 years, okay? And and once again, I've had this argument with people where uh, 2023 was an interesting year for me because that was the 2023 was my 50th year in the broadcasting business, yep. my 25th year of owning the radio stations, and my 30th year of being on the internet. And to the point where I put my first first website up in 1993, okay? When 1993, when John was trying to have conversations with stunning Steve on his telephone. That's, that's, <laughs> that's exactly that's, right. That's when I put my first website up okay so i say once again let's go back to 1983 when i or 1973 where it's safe to say there was no internet okay today you don't need you don't need no stinking radio station you can if you want to put up a website that that glorifies whatever that you eating frogs you know in the on the center lane mm-hmm. of i of i70 you know on the blanchett bridge at two o'clock in the morning you could put up a website and nobody's going to stop you, can you. Do it. that's right and to the point where there's all these micro what we call i guess you call it micro interest websites i mean like i'm a they're niche they're niche right or if you want to be you know in the proletariat they're niche websites so why do we need a station that is quote unquote a broadcasting station microcasting okay and once again on the backs of the taxpayers which and see once again there's an interesting aspect of this and i know this for a fact that for a while NPR, if you listen to NPR, especially during their newscast, they would say, if you want all the news, go to NPR.com or wherever they're, NPR.org or stuff like that. And the affiliates, like the KWMUs, got upset with them and said, hey, hold on a minute. You're telling people that instead of listening to KWMU in St. Louis or KCUR in Kansas City, they should be listening, they should just go to your website. So now if you listen to NPR, they say, check out your local uh, local affiliates website for more yeah, information that's on right. NPR. Hey, power to the people, power to the local stations. What I remind people in the St. Louis area is if you are ever upset with St. Louis Public Radio and you're annoyed by how far left they are, just take 30 seconds, go to kcur.org, and you will have a brand new appreciation for how radically moderate St. Louis Public Radio so, seems. Seriously, they're, they're, they're even more, more... Oh, Brad, it's, it is night and day. You will read stories on KCUR's website and say, wow, you would never even see this on St. Louis on the air. Yeah, it's... it's um, I would say if you were to pick a niche minority... Like, you know, handicapped Asian transvestites, they get much more play on KCUR than they would on St. Louis Public Radio, and that's saying something. 
Okay, so <laughs> fat gals. Huh? See, the interesting thing about that is if you and I started talking about fat gals, we <laughs> which would, we do, we no, we would be in trouble if we brought that up. Right. But in other words, he brings it up. Oh, that's right. He's he's talking about it's a great book to read about fat gals because it's celebratory. Oh, yeah, and God. who's to say that? And when you say that our tone wouldn't be celebratory, what you're actually saying is people would be so arrogant as to assume our intentions here, which nobody's a mind reader, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's time. It's time, Casey. It's what, time. What time is it, Casey? And here they are. And not only here they are, but the number one, the number one, a voice from Brad's past played a key role in a state house and state Senate discussion about intoxicants, Brad. And yes, we'll cut right to the chase. Brad's friend and former colleague, Justin Alferman, who now works for SSM Healthcare as a lobbyist testified about a bill that we've discussed before that would regulate some hemp products. It's called Delta-8. Now, before we get into Brad's relationship with Justin and how he gave Justin a start, I'd love to hear that story again, by the way, Brad. This is the debate about the fact that you can purchase some intoxicants at your local convenience store. And they, they contain a form of THC not the form that you would get at a dispensary, for example, through straight marijuana or through edibles, but stuff that you could purchase at a convenience station, at a convenience store. So the debate here is should the state of Missouri be able to regulate these forms of THC that are not quite, you know, recreational marijuana or medical marijuana potency, but a little bit more mild? Should the state be able to regulate those? So that's the topic. So what is he doing again? What was he what was he in front of a committee or something like that? Yeah, so there's there's a bill that is proposed by a gentleman named a representative representative named Chad Perkins from Bowling Green, Missouri. And what it would do is it would say, look, Department of Health and Senior Services in Missouri regulates cannabis sales today for medical and recreational marijuana. What it would do is it would take this other form of THC, this Delta-8 form, and also put it under the regulatory auspices of DHSS. Now, if you were a cynic, and Lord knows Brad and I are never cynical, but Brad, if you and I were cynics, you would say that this would be the marijuana industry, the cannabis industry, seeing people making money from THC or Delta-8 THC and say, hey, we want a pile of that money too. Why are convenience stores able to sell this stuff unregulated? And so that's what it comes down to. It's largely been pitted, or it's been positioned at least in the media, as the cannabis industry and the state versus convenience store owners. Sort of the same situation, but not the cannabis industry, but the gambling industry and the state against the C-store people who put in the gambling machines that supposedly Video, it, that's a good analogy that aren't that's supposedly exactly right so the idea is uh so justin alferman and ssm are on the side of the gentleman who's proposing the bill and alferman specifically pointed to the fact that cardinal glennon hosts a you know a poison essentially a poison center where kids that get intoxicated come and you know i guess or i guess anybody can come in there that gets poisoned i'm not sure yeah but the idea that 
Now, a gentleman named Ethan Thampy, who we cite often, who's an expert on all these these issues, particularly around cannabis, has pointed out to me after one of our last shows, Brad, he pointed out that every hemp product that he's aware of that's a consumable is in fact tested and has an analysis done of its THC content and its other content. So there's a real back and forth here in the industry. And of course, when there's cash involved and there's money involved, you're going to have the state and industry uh, at, at odds with others who are making money from it. See, once again, we have an interesting situation where once upon a time, a big crop in the state of Missouri was hemp. And I'm not kidding when I say this, but it wasn't used to smoke. It was used primarily for rope because yeah. Camp, dope. Uh, it's rope, not dope. That's yeah, the, rope, that was the catchphrase dope. of the industry. Brian. Hemp is very, very, very strong. And uh, yeah, God, don't get me going on this. Justin Alferman. Okay. When I first bought the radio station, he worked for me. He was a board op. In other words, he came in and, and flipped the, the turned the knobs and pushed the buttons for, like, sports and things like that. And Justin was funny in that sometimes that's not the most, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes it can be a boring job, especially if you're running, like, uh, high school football or something like that. We, we don't yeah, have it's that not many, glamorous. We, well, you don't have that many commercial breaks. In other words, you, you, you hit a couple buttons and you twist a knob or two, and then you sit for 20 minutes. So Justin used to always bring his Maxim magazines in. He'd leave them at the radio station. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. So, so and Justin was a high school kid. And he was on the air with me, I think he started when he was like in his senior year. He was like, you know, 17-year-old kid on the air with me. We did a talk show on our AM station on 1350, which is now crap. And ultimately went to, I'm trying to think, did he went to, if he went to ECC, I can't remember where he went. Then he then he transferred to uh, University of Missouri it's, uh, at, at Columbia. And uh, I made a phone call, and I'm not trying to say, like, I'm an important person because I'm not, but I, I knew a couple people that worked at uh, the Eagle, which is like the equivalent of 97-1 in, in Columbia, Jefferson City, K-E-G-L. Yeah, that's our friend Stephanie Bell station. Right, exactly, and it's a conservative talk station. A lot of the same programming, uh, you know, Sean Hannity, stuff like that. I made a phone call and essentially talked to the lady who at the time was a program director and said, look, I got this guy who's working for me. He's really talented. Uh, he alt- and at that point in time, uh, Justin would tell anybody who wanted to listen, his goal in life was to be the next Sean Hannity. He was going to replace Sean Hannity as a talk show host. And I told her that this guy was you know, a young guy, very hardworking, worked for me for a couple of years, loved him, hate to see him go, but he's going to Mizzou and he, and he needs a job. And so the running joke with 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 Justin is that if you took him down to and he lived in Washington, if you took him down to the riverfront and you spun him around about three times, he wouldn't know how to get back home because he had the worst sense of direction. <laughs> I mean, absolute positive sense, worst sense of direction. So he's going down for his interview at, at the radio station in Columbia. And if you know where the radio station in Columbia is, it's right off of 63. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not too hard to find. You know, they got a tower, not not a big, big tower. They've got like an STL tower there. And he calls on the air and wants me to give him directions because he's lost. And I'm going, Justin, you head west on 70, you go south, you make a left on the 63. And you're like right there. What is that, Grinnell Parkway or something like that? Yeah, I think that is actually. And it's right there. You can't miss it. You see it as you're coming down 63. There it is right there. You get off at the exit, you make a left, you go over the overpass, you make another left, and you're at the radio station. You're right there, the shining city on there. But we (laughs) all like Justin. I mean, I haven't seen Justin in a decade, but but I liked him. He was a cool dude. He won't talk to me anymore. What? Are you serious? No, he won't talk to me anymore. Oh, you're joking. No, I'm not. He won't talk to me anymore. 
I've called him several times when he was a state rep and things like that. First off, you know, here he, he gets his start working at the radio station. He buys no advertising from us to promote his candidacy. He won't talk to us on the air about, you know, or anything like that. Uh, but yet he's on KLPW, but he won't talk to me. Yeah, he, for some reason he got mad at me. I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I Maybe I told too many of his stories about, you know, when his car got stolen, he got all upset and cried in the studio. And, you know, and once again, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it, I loved having him. He was, he was really good. And for a high school kid, he knew politics like, like, yeah, most, most, yeah, of course. He could have been John Combest Jr. at the time. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I right. think he's, I think he's doing quite well for himself. He I guess he doesn't need to be a. I, a, I don't know. A version I mean, of me. I mean, I well, I, but maybe, maybe it's just, or maybe it's a misunderstanding, or maybe you borrowed one of his Maxim magazines and never gave it back. Well, I'm sort of surprised he got out of politics. To tell you the truth, because he told me that was his. Well, I mean, know, he's still involved. Well, he's not. He's not. I he's, mean, if he's a lobbyist, but not, I mean, he's just making a lot more money. He's not taking that government paycheck, so you know, you know what I'm saying. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? 